So we've been in a series on solid growth, and uh, our signature verse is Luke 2.52. Who knows it? I heard, I heard, and Jesus grew, and Jesus grew, and Jesus, yes. <laughs> okay, I think we have it. Uh, he grew in, stature, in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So for the last three weeks, as a part of that series on solid growth, because the idea is that God wants and desires for us to grow, to move from where we are to where he wants us to be. And so, um, and Jesus grew, son of God, and we can grow. And we were looking at that wisdom. We start off with wisdom, then stature, and then favor. So for the last three weeks, we've been looking at favor. Favor is the blessing of God on your life so that he opens doors for you so that people are drawn to you and cooperate with you whether they like you or not because of God's favor in your life. So we've been on favor for the last several weeks. So many of us know that years ago, J.B. Phillips did a translation of the New Testament. We call it the Phillips translation. But uh, in the intro, he said, your God is too small. Now, people who make things happen are big picture people. They're not confined to the status quo. Because, you know, life, life in the box, frankly, is pretty safe. And, uh, but... Life in the box is not where God is. He's bigger than our box, bigger than the circumstances in which you and I may feel trapped. God will not let us conveniently confine him to our limits, our boundaries, to our parameters. God wants us out of the box. He wants us out of the box. No limits, no boundaries. No limits, no boundaries. Say that with me. No limits, no boundaries. And so the text, particular text that we're going to focus on this morning, helps us to embrace that idea. And uh, it will lift you above your limits and get you beyond the boundaries so you can experience, and so I can experience God's favor. Listen to the text in Ephesians 3.20 in the New International Version. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. God's able to do so much more that you really can't measure it, what God is able to do. Listen to the King Jimmy, how he translates it. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The New American Standard Version. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. And listen to the New American Standard Translation. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Now this is a fun phrase in the original language. What Paul did was to group words together 
and he really makes up his own phrase. He's, he's caught up uh, in the bigness and the awesomeness of God. So he, he, he just, he's just over the top with the, the language that he uses. He stacks these words together because he's saying God is not just big. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's bigger mundo. He's hugerific. He's uh, larger mystic. He's gargantuanable. He's magnamorphic. Uh, in other words, he's beyond words. I can't get the words to describe how big he is. My God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. There's nothing my God cannot do for you. Point to the person next to you and say, he's talking to you this morning. <laughs> and he's talking to me. Mm. We serve a big God. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. You know, I believe that God desires to bless us even more more than we can ask or think. And to experience this, I believe we need to declare each day what God says about us instead of what we think. We need to actually declare it. Remember what Paul says in Romans 10.8. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. We need to begin to say what God says about us, not what we think or feel. Now, I have a list of his promises to us that we need to believe and declare his favor toward us. By the way, um, I want to say hello and good morning to uh, Tian Pham, who's over here. And uh, Michael and I came by, he came by the office and we had a chat. And he was telling me about his plans. And um, so I listened intently. I've always been impressed with this young man about how he's really listening to God. And so after he told me what he was thinking about doing, I asked him where he was in his schooling. And uh, he said, you know, I'm close to finishing my uh, degree. I've got a few hours left. And so I said, um, okay, as you follow God, because he's directing you, don't minimize school. Keep that in your purview. And you don't have to follow anybody else's script. You can follow what God has for you, but education is important. Keep that in view. So he said, thank you. And so then, at near the end of a conversation, I said, uh, and by the way, because um, his mother... Uh, Irene had called me, so I knew how she felt, but I hadn't talked to Tina. I said, how did your dad feel about this? So he said, oh, my dad is very supportive. And uh, I said, what else did he say uh, to you? He said, well, he said the same thing to me that you said, don't forget about school. <laughs> right on, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> but God is able. I mean, he's moving into a new city, a new situation. Um, there's an opportunity. He's going to be working in actually urban, developing urban farms and farming techniques for poor people and for immigrants and developing these processes. Uh, going places where other people haven't gone before. But, but God 
is able. He can direct him. He can provide for him. He can encourage him. He can open doors in the favor of God because he's able. Everybody shout, he's able. Now, we want to declare what God says, not even what we think or feel times, because doubts and fears come from the devil. That's where they come from. But this morning, I want to give 10 truths that God wants you to know to believe and declare. A declaration. Everybody repeat after me. God can. God, can. God, will. God will. God is. Let's repeat it again. God can, God will, God is. You say God is what? Well, God is changing me every day in the pers- into the person he designed me to be. He is changing me every day into the person he designed me to be by faith. So I looked in the dictionary to find the distinction between affirmations and declarations. To affirm means to state positively, to confirm, to declare is to make known officially, formally, to make evident. Now, declarations must be repeated because there is so much negativity rolling around in our minds that those negative voices floating around and they can drown out the positive words that God has for us. So, uh, Kelsey, where are you? Stand up, please. This is Kosi Montoya. And uh, Kosi, I want to say to you that you are a beautiful, talented woman with a great future. Can everybody say amen? amen? Now, that's an affirmation. That's an affirmation. I have come to know Kosi. I watched her and her family and her husband, Omar in our couples groups, and I've listened to her talk about her passion for school and for her family, and I I sensed her heart, and I believe that. So I just affirmed her. That's an affirmation. Those are my thoughts, what I believe about Kosi. But here's a declaration. Kosi, I want you to repeat this. I am a talented woman with a great and wonderful future. Now repeat that one more time. I am a talented woman. Oh, I forgot the beautiful part. Let me back up. I am a beautiful and talented woman with a great future. Now, let's give her a hand. You may sit down. Now, when I said that to Kosi, that was an affirmation. But when she said it, That's a declaration. That's a declaration. I am. That's a declaration, and that's different. Now, when we make a declaration about what God says, other little voices can pop up and say something like this. Is that really what you believe? (laughs) Is that really true? The voices of doubt. The thing that counteracts that negative voice that doubts the affirmation and the truth is to repeat it. It works with everything. Even a lie, if you repeat it 
often enough becomes true for you. And so what I'm suggesting this morning is that I've got 10 declarations based on what God says about you. Principles that he's declared about the future that he has for you based on Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to give you a hope in the future. Ten declarations that I'm going to challenge you to repeat. And there are ten of them, but maybe one or two, but even just one grabs you, and I'm going to challenge you to repeat that declaration seven times every day. Repeat it seven times every day. And see if it will not affect how you think and behave, I dare you. So let's go through them. Declaration number one. Say this with me. Declaration number one. As the righteousness of God, I declare that I am highly favored in God's sight. Let's say that again. As the righteousness of God, I declare that I am highly favored in God's sight. This is based on 2 Corinthians 5.21, which says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And then Job 33.26, then that person can pray to God and find favor with him. They will see God's face and shout for joy. He will restore them to full well-being. Psalm 5.12, Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. And so I challenge you, declaration number one, I am the righteousness of God. You say, well, I, Pastor, that's good for you to say, but, you know, on Monday and Tuesday of last week, I wouldn't act in that righteous. <laughs> no, we're become, God declares it. Do you know <clears throat> that they found out that in education, the expectations of the teachers who teach children make a difference in how children perform. When a teacher says to a child, I expect you to be kind. I expect you to be attentive in class. I expect you to do well. Their expectations and their self-image rises. And when we know that we are the righteousness of God, we have to put it on. You know, we're born without clothes. The Bible says, clothe yourselves with righteousness. Put it on. I am the righteousness of God. Because of that, God will give his favor to me. Can I get an amen, amen? It's a double amen. Second declaration. I will not allow any corrupt communication to proceed out of my mouth. Instead, I will speak only that which is good full of grace and edifying to others. Let's say that together. I will not allow any corrupt communication to proceed out of my mouth. Instead, I will speak only that which is good, full of grace and edifying to others. This is based on Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Parents, stop repeating negative characteristics about your children or your grandchildren or whoever they are. You are only locking them into that 
behavior. Uh, my youngest daughter, Rochelle, when she was an infant, she was the cutest little baby, and, and, and she would smile. I remember when she was about eight or nine months old, you know, and people would come around and say, oh, she's so cute. She's so. But if she didn't like you, she would scrunch up her little face, and I would say, Rochelle, smile. She would go. She said, I said, Rochelle, you know. And as she grew, you know, I'd say, Rochelle, come here. No. <laughs> and I remember one day I was talking to my mother about her because she just had this little spirit about her. I said, you know, that little heifer, I'm going to have to break her, uh, that spirit within her. And my mother said, oh, big fella, don't break her of that spirit. That's the way God made her. She's a parent, and you have to cooperate with her and call forth the best and say to her, Rochelle, you know that determined spirit that you have? God wants to use that for his glory, and you are my blessed, precious little prize. And I went, whoa. Unwittingly, I was affirming negative characteristics. Instead of calling forth the good. And I was saying something that wasn't. I mean, to call her a little whatever I could, you know, in frustration, man. That little stinker. No, no. Part of receiving God's favor is to not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Can I get an amen this morning? Amen. Number three. Like Joseph, I can prosper in every place and in every situation I find myself because the Lord is always with me. Well, we know the story of Joseph. I spoke, we've spoken about it many times. He, Joseph had a dream, but you know, Joseph also had some issues. He talked too much and he's telling about how great he was going to be and his brothers were going to bow down to him and they got man jealous, threw him in the pit and uh, he got sold into slavery in Egypt. But everywhere he went, he continued to experience favor. He found favor with Potiphar and Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's wife, with Potiphar, his wife, she tried to seduce him, but he left there, ended up in jail, ended up getting favor with the prison authorities, and finally favor with the king, and on and on. And finally, everybody say, finally. finally. Finally, God blessed him, and he was the second in command in Egypt, and he was able to bless his family. You know, God's favor is not instant. The Bible says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor. And so our growth is steady. It's moment by moment. It's decision by decision. You can make a decision this morning in the midst, in the middle of your own personal model. And it may seem like a small decision, but it's a big decision of faith. I'm going to step into God's promise because he promised to bless me and give me his favor. Ah, if, if I live obediently and step into his wisdom. And so in every situation, you might be without a job right now. You might be in harsh, emotional, family circumstances. Uh, you might be financially pressed. But in every circumstances you are in, God says you can be blessed and you can prosper. Two shoe salesmen went to an emerging third world people group in Brazil 
And the first call back to say to his sales manager, complain. I'm dead. These people don't wear shoes. The second call back enthusiastically. Send me as many shoes as you can. No one has any shoes. <laughs> Look at all the potential customers there are. You see, friends, whatever circumstance, God says he will bless you. Let's repeat Declaration 3. Like Joseph, I can prosper in every place and in every situation I find myself because the Lord is always with me. <coughs> and then number four, I am blessed and highly favored. I've always loved this talking about Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The favor of God. He's with you. Number five. I associate with those who are blessed and highly favored so that I may increase in every area of my life. Notice Genesis 30. But Laban said to him, if I have found favor in your eyes, please stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. I associate with those who are favored. When we planted our church, and then, by the way, I, I'm glad again to recognize uh, Donnie and Ross Griffin, who are here with us. Uh, Donnie was the chair of our building fund uh, operation in Portland when we built our, our building. We were a small group, and we had a $1.3 million project to get off the ground. At the time, Donnie was second in command for the state of Oregon and human services, a gifted, passionate, talented. He joined our church. He heard about it through our website. By the way, those of you who are working on our website, we, we need to do that. Amen? Amen. <laughs> but he was on the web, <clears throat> and he looked us up and came, joined the church. And we were able to do that and more. But you know what? One of the ch decisions I made is that I, I belong to a local ministerium, and there were other pastors and other churches our size, maybe a little bigger. But I said to myself, you know what, I want to get to know the heads of ministries of the most successful ministries in the city of Portland. And so I became friends with Ray Cotton at New Hope Church, one of the mega churches, three, 4,000 members. And I invited him to walk through the community with me. And then he had breakfast, and we talked, and we shared. And I would meet with him every, you know, once or twice a year just to sit and talk. Because I made the choice and the decision that I was going to associate with those who are blessed and highly favored. And so sometimes you feel intimidated. Well, I, they don't, they don't want to talk to me. Yes, they do. People who are successful want to help others to be successful. So take the chance, risk it, give them a call, and say, you know what, I've watched what's happened in your life and in your business, and I wonder if we could just have some time together so I could learn. And you'll be surprised at the response you get. Number five, I associate with those who are blessed and highly favored so that I may increase in every area of my life. Number six, 
I operate in integrity, and as a result, I obtain favor from God. Let's say that together. I operate in integrity, as a result, I obtain favor from God. Proverbs eleven twenty seven. If you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it will find you. Somebody once said that if you're looking for people to hire, you look for three qualities. Integrity, intelligence, and energy. <laughs> if they don't have integrity, the first one, those other two will kill you. You have to start with integrity. Warren Buffett said that. What is integrity? Integrity is a state of responsible presence, specifically being responsible in the moment. Everybody say, in the moment. In the moment. Grounded by core values and an inner sense of what is right. The manifestations of emotional maturity. People of integrity take responsible action spontaneously. If it is not spontaneous, the action is not one of integrity, but of practicality influenced by what is deemed socially or politically preferable. Hmm. My definition of integrity is do what you say. If you say you're going to get it done, get it done. If you say you're going to be there at 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock comes, you're there. You have integrity because you do what you say. These chairs that you are sitting in have integrity because when you sat down on them, they held you up. <laughs> Amen. Integrity is being responsible in the moment to do what you were designed to do. Now, there's no substitute for integrity. Without the wholeness of integrity as our bedrock, we have no substantive sense of purpose, no noble vision, no clear principles of behavior, and no character. So let's say that declaration number six again. I operate in integrity. As a result, I obtain favor from God. And number seven, I actively seek and live by God's wisdom. Therefore, I am highly favored and esteemed in the sight of God and men. Proverbs 3, 1 through 4, my child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, everybody shout, do this. You will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people and you will earn a good reputation. Proverbs 8, blessed is the man who listens to me watching daily at my gates waiting at the post of my doors for whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. We talked about this last week in terms of wisdom. It's a three-pronged process, listening, watching, and waiting. Listening is to listen is to perceive with interest and obey. Everybody say obey. obey. Parents say that to kids all the time, don't we? Are you listening? No, they hear your words, but are you, are you obeying? When God speaks, we're listening. God can speak to us. Well, he, we know he speaks to us through his word. He'll speak to us by his spirit, through the worship and through the Psalms. 
He'll speak to you through someone who is spiritually mature in your life, who God has placed in your life for a season. And they will say something to you. And in your heart, you will know this is God speaking to me. But sometimes we blow it off. We procrastinate. We'll say, God, I know you're speaking, but right now I got other things that are more important in my life. I'll get around to it one day. But the person who obtains favor from God walks in wisdom because they're listening, they're watching, that is to stay awake, to be alert, and they're waiting, they're standing guard. God, what do you want to say next? God, what do you want me to do next? God, I'm ready. I'm ready to go, God. These produce wisdom. Number seven, I actively seek and live by God's wisdom. Therefore, I am highly favored by God and men. Number eight, God's favor brings promotion and causes me to increase daily. Now, the king was attracted to Esther more than to any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. So he set a royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. And the king gave a great banquet, Esther's banquet, for all his nobles and officials. He proclaimed a holiday throughout the provinces and distributed gifts with liberality. And then Psalm 75, for exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. God's favor brings promotion. Now, by the way, like I said previously, you can't just wake up one day and say, okay, I, want, I have the favor of God. Now get that promotion for me, God. No. You got to start with one. I'm walking in integrity. I'm walking in obedience. I'm walking in wisdom and I'm, I'm listening to the word of God. I'm hiding the word of God in my heart. I'm not allowing any unwholesome words to come out of my mouth but only that which uplifts and encourages others. In other words, I'm declaring these things in my life, and as a result, God will prosper me. Can we say amen? amen? It's a process. God's favor brings promotion and causes me to increase daily. Number 10, number 9, the Lord takes pleasure in my prosperity. He desires for me to prosper in every area of my life, spiritually, financially, emotionally, physically, mentally, and socially. Let's say number 9 together. The Lord takes pleasure in my prosperity. He desires for me to prosper in every area of my life, spiritually, financially, emotionally, physically, mentally, in every way. Psalm 35, 27, may those who delight in my vindication shout for joy and gladness. May they always say the Lord be exalted, who delights in the well-being of his servant. And then John. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Prosperity looks different in different settings and with different values. I define prosperity as having more than you need. Growth. Blessing. When I was in college, a roommate of mine who was from Kenya, he, uh, I invited him down to our church, and he met my family. So he met my older sister, Renee, at the time. And so he came. When we got back to school, he says, he says uh, Henry, I want to meet your sister. 
I like her. I want to marry her and take her back to Kenya. Now, he said, what I propose to do for you and your family is to give you two bull cows as a dowry for my engagement. And when he said two bull cows, I laughed. What are you talking about? He said, oh, excuse me, mister. I will give you a brand new Mercedes Benz. <laughs> as a dollar. He forgot which culture he was in. <laughs> and so he switched symbols. Now, I did go back and tell my sister what he said. And she, I won't tell you what she said. <laughs> But God wants us to prosper. He takes pleasure in our prosperity. However you define that. God, it's not God's intention that all of us be millionaires. We, we live in such a materialistic society. You know, one of the things that, Frank, I, I love living in Southern California. I just love it. This morning I got up and I went on a walk and I, the weather was pristine and Oh, great. But I've never lived in an area of the country, anywhere, with so many Mercedes-Benz and BMWs. <laughs> I mean, folks, some of these folks can't even put gas in those cars. But it's a symbol. It's a symbol. And materialism is strangling us. So when I talk about prosperity, I'm not necessarily talking about things. But Things are a part of it, but God, he wants to bless us physically, spiritually, financially, emotionally, and, every, and he takes pride. He's, he's joyful in that. Number nine, let's repeat that. The Lord takes pleasure in my prosperity. He desires for me to prosper in every area of my life, spiritually, financially, emotionally, physically, mentally, and socially. And finally, number 10, wealth and riches are in my house because I am empowered with God's anointing and favor to draw wealth. Deuteronomy 8, 18, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. Psalms 112:3. wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. So. Friends, to conclude this land, this plan, God is able to do more. Everybody say more. more. His ability is incredible, outrageous and extravagant. He exceeds expectation to bless us exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can expect or Imagine, think about that. God didn't make a single drop of water. He made an ocean. Hallelujah. God didn't just create one star. He created galaxies. God didn't just make a single kind of bird. He created thousands of birds. God just didn't make a hill. He created the Grand Canyon and the Rockies. He exceeds all 
expectations. He's able to do far more abundantly beyond all we ask or imagine. He's God. He's excellence. There are no limits to his love, no boundaries to his blessings, no fences withholding his faithfulness, no lines drawn separating from his compassion. He is able to do all that and more. If so, what can he do with your life? Mm. What can he do with your heart? What can he do with your talents? What can he do with your family? What can he do with your challenges? What can he do with your health? What can he do with your dreams? I'll tell you what he can do. He can do more. He's a God who desires to bless us. And I challenge you right now on this day that if you will take the challenge and step by faith into his favor, take one of these promises. Take one of them. And repeat them seven times every day. I dare you. I dare you to see what God will do. To see how your life will be changed. To see how your heart will be melted. To see how faith will be expanded into your life. To see how others around you will recognize the favor of God. To see how doors will open not for your glory, but for his glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap right now. And let us pray. Lord, I thank you. Your grace and your mercy are unlimited. Not because we deserve them but because you're good. And your word is amen and amen. And if we will respond, respond with obedience, we will be able to see radical transformation. And like Jesus, we will grow with wisdom in stature and in favor with God and man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You just keep your heads bowed with me for a moment. We always come to this moment in the service, and I, I recognize it's a critical moment. The decisions we make in the quiet moments of our life can have amazing results. So I want to challenge us not only to be hearers of the word, but doers. And to receive his grace. If you're having difficulty receiving God's grace and his love, maybe these other voices are crowding out the voice of God. I'd like to offer a simple prayer for you. And cooperate with the desire of your heart to know more of God. And to grow in his love. And to walk in obedience. If that's your desires, our heads are bowed. Would you just lift your hand as I offer this prayer? Yes. Yes. Father, thank you. 
Thank you, Lord. We may not be able to see your hand at work, but we trust you. And we choose to believe your word. And we thank you in advance for everything you will do and are doing and have done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.